0: ask if we can just join our hearts together in prayer as uh, Gordon prepares to come and bring the message to us this morning. Would you like to come on ahead and I'll, pr- I'll pray for you, Gordon. All right, Father, we thank you today for the blessing of our brother who is here to minister the word of God to us today. We pray that you would fill him fresh with your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would speak to everyone in this room through your word as he teaches and and proclaims it to us, that he would know your presence and your help as he does. And Lord, that we would find ourselves more equipped to serve you and to walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you David and uh, thank you again for the privilege of uh, being able to share with you uh, this morning. Uh, Jenny and I have been coming here now since uh, October and I just want to say how much we've appreciated being here and uh, the friends that we've made already, the fellowship that we've had and the ministry of the Word and the Spirit. And. Uh, not naming any names, but I'm just encouraged by all those wonderful people who are so gifted in this place. By that, I mean everyone, because we're all part of the body of Christ. So, um, I'm sure David's got a little bell there, which will ting-a-ling-a-ling when it's time to stop. But, uh, (laughs) um, the passage that we're going to look at uh, this morning is uh, Acts chapter 4. If you have your your Bibles or whatever you use these days, your mobile phones. When mobile phones first uh, were introduced um, at Falkirk, I I used to look at some people in the congregation and they seemed to be looking at their mobile phones while they were preaching. And uh, while I was preaching, and uh, I just uh, had a wee word with one of them. So I was looking at my Bible on, on the mobile phone, so I was encouraged by that. It wasn't Facebook or, uh, or Twitter. Anyway, Acts chapter 4. Um, I'd love to read the whole uh, chapter, but um, I'll be reading from uh, verse 16. But uh, just to give you an idea of what was going on, um, the Holy Spirit had been poured out at Pentecost, and uh, the, the disciples received the fire of the Spirit, and wonderful things were happening in the church. Uh, the sick were being healed, amazing miracles were taking place. So, this church is on a high. And in chapter 3, we read about uh, Peter uh, healing this man, this uh, cripple. Uh, crippled man he'd been crippled from birth been sitting there for 40 years or so and one day peter comes along and says in the name of jesus christ walk and everybody was delighted about that uh, well most people some weren't the religious leaders and they they were the ones who recently arranged for jesus to be put on the cross and uh, they just want everybody to forget about Jesus, forget about following him. We don't want to hear about him anymore. <clears throat> uh, but they didn't realize it, but they were actually standing against God. And uh, so Peter and John are brought before the Sanhedrin. And uh, because they were, it says in verse 2, in, ver- in chapter 4, they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So, uh, Peter stands up bravely, boldly in front of the Sanhedrin and says, well, one of the things he says is, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. In other words, Jesus is the only way to God. That's a, pro- a, provocative, a provocative verse for him to speak in front of the people that had put Jesus to death. And it's a provocative verse for us to speak today in the current climate. And they saw the courage of Peter John that says, and uh, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So reading from 16, they had a conference. Not a prayer meeting, you'll notice, but they gathered together and conferred together. They didn't pray to God for clarification as to what they should do. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer in this name. I'm reading from the New International Version, just in case you've got a different version. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. I mean, really old. (laughs) At least I used to think 40 was really old, but uh, not so much now. (laughs) On their release, and notice uh, in my Bible it says, it's headed the believer's prayer. So it's the believer's prayer. It's not the apostle's prayer. It's the believer's prayer. On the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they conferred together and they had a business meeting. No, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the, by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage? Why the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and his anointed one. <clears throat> they were quoting Psalm 2 here. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire Against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and to perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And then in verse 31, it says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had, and with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them all. And so it goes on. I want to think this morning, following on really from what David's been uh, talking about over the last uh, few weeks about the church vision and I hope we all remember it. (laughs) (laughs) One person remembers it. What is it, David? David? That's right. Expand the Kingdom of God. Get it right. Expand the kingdom. Advanced. Oh, advance the kingdom, sorry, I got it wrong. Anyway, leading on from that, I was just uh, praying about what to speak on this morning, and it occurred to me in this particular passage it's very relevant to what David's been sharing and very relevant to what's been going on among us. Uh, not least of all at the prayer meetings. I don't know if you've been at the prayer meetings, but we've had some wonderful times together. We've really sensed the presence of God, even when there there are just a few there in number. We felt the presence of God quite strongly, and God's been doing wonderful things among us. The Holy Spirit is at work in this fellowship. And this passage is very relevant for today, culturally, but also relevant for us as a church, because we cannot... Hope to fulfill the vision that we're presented with. We trust by the Spirit if we do not pray. And I hope this will be an encouragement to all of us to pray. Whether we can come to the prayer meeting or not, I hope you will. But pray on your own. Pray in groups. Keep on praying. And we will see the kingdom of God come in this place and in this town. Do we believe that? Yes, we do. It's really encouraging. It's really encouraging. We seem to actually believe it. I believe it increasingly. So I'm going to think about before they prayed, And how they prayed and what they prayed and after they prayed through simple uh, headings. So before they prayed, touched on that a bit as uh, I precede what was going on in chapter uh, 4 and in chapter 3. And right uh, from the day of Pentecost, the church was on a high. Things were going well. The the Lord was adding to the church daily those who were being saved. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be part of the church at that time? Well, you know, it's the same God. It's the same word. It's the same spirit. It's the same Jesus. And I believe that God wants that for us as his church today. Here and in all the churches. But starting here and then in the churches in Concordia, then in the churches of Fife and maybe in Falkirk as well. And throughout the uh, land of Scotland and the United Kingdom, that's what we all want. That's what we all want. So everything's going well, but suddenly there's a problem. That can sometimes happen in churches. (laughs) As David, as I know, and David will know, everything's going wonderfully well. And Tim knows too. (laughs) And suddenly there's a problem. But this was a major problem. You know, this wasn't just a a problem about, as I've had in a certain church, about two people arguing over a teapot, but uh, we won't go into that, (laughs) who pours the tea, and that's not meant for anyone here where that's happened, Um, and it wasn't the men actually, you'll probably have worked out. But, um, you know, suddenly there's a problem. And if we're not careful, the the problem could just take over the church. And I'm so pleased that um, Helen stood up today and said what she said. And uh, that's what God wants. It's really hard to do. Um, Really hard to do. But if we're willing to do that, there's a price to pay. But the rewards are tremendous. Anyway, there's this problem. And the problem is... These men, the Jewish leaders, were saying to the disciples, you must not mention this name again. This name of Jesus, we don't want to hear this this name again. Stop speaking about Jesus. And, you know, just imagine you're, you're an apostle standing before the men that have put Jesus to death. It took courage. So that, you know, there's boldness there already. And there's a danger, actually, from a human point of view, that this thing that they talked about, this person, Jesus, and the Christians following him, would have to stop what they were doing. Stop the meetings and going home. Go home to avoid persecution, to avoid even death. So, I mean, we know what happened, but they didn't. So they were in danger of being wiped out as a church from a human point of view. Of course, the disciples said, we can't help talking about what we've seen and heard. And they were threatened. And then, then they went back to the disciples before they prayed. You know, we're living in a culture today where Christianity and Jesus are being squeezed out. I think we're all in agreement. And I don't want to go into a whole uh, rendition of all the things that are going on. But you and I know that people are trying to get rid of Christianity and get rid of Jesus. And I was just thinking, you know, society welcomes the food banks. Food banks were started with the Trussell Trust, a Christian organization. We welcome you, food banks. People welcomed the street pastors, and you've got them in Kirkcaldy as well. We had them in uh, Falkirk. We welcome you, uh, street pastors. Great what you're doing in the streets, and it's going on today. But don't talk, we don't like you talking about Jesus. Don't talk to us in the food bank about Jesus. They're squeezing Jesus out. We're not allowed to mention him. It's, it's almost becoming like hate speech. Have you noticed if you're ever talking, trying to witness to somebody and uh, you're, you're, you know you're, you're wondering what to say and you're... You're you're praying and praying and then you mention the name of Jesus. And you're maybe having a good conversation. But just the name of Jesus, the shutters come down sometimes. Not always. But that name is provocative. And people can be very resistant to the name of Jesus. So you can see the similarities today. I mean, it would be wonderful if the church was moving in power as they were. But there's things going on that we are aware of, that we must take note of. of. And, you know, we wonder what to do. Christians are being accused of hate speech, you know, if we say the wrong thing. And that can lead into a lot of trouble. So it's very similar. So what do they do? On the release Peter and John went back to their own people, reported all that happened. And when they heard this, when the people heard this, they prayed. They prayed. And it's it's a wonderful prayer. How did they pray? What did they pray? They raised their voices together in prayer to the sovereign Lord. They didn't have another business meeting. You know, it's... Good to have business meetings in the church sometimes. But I've had my fill of business meetings. <laughs> I much prefer prayer meetings. So they joined together in prayer to God. They didn't go on a protest march. They didn't take the Sanhedrin to a higher court. I need to be careful with what I'm saying. But the priority was prayer to God And that has to be our priority, whatever happens. I just get a bit concerned about this person going to court and that person going to court. I mean, the Spirit of God really moving in power where there is persecution, where people can't even mention that they're Christians. God's working in that situation. Look, we we don't need a, a human court. We need to go to the courts of heaven to get things settled. And I'm sure we all can say amen. So they joined together, they raised their voice together, in other words, in unity. Where there is unity amongst the brethren and the cistern, God commands his blessing to to come. So we can expect more of God's blessing, especially after today. He commands the blessing. Unity in prayer is a powerful thing. Jesus says where one or two gather together, one or two come together in agreement I will hear and I will answer the prayer. So there's power in agreement. And it says they lifted their voices together. Now, I don't know exactly what went on here. I've been in many prayers meetings now where um, you know, people have joined together. they have all prayed at the one time. I think we've done it once or twice here. And that can be powerful too. We're all praying different prayers, but they're all directed to the Lord and we recognize that he is the Sovereign Lord. In other words, the one who is in total control as they did here. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They begin their prayer with God, exalting the Lord, recognizing who God is, recognizing the great power of God, not least of all in creation, and recognizing that that God is their God, who sent Jesus, his son. They're praying to the sovereign Lord. They're lifting themselves up, if you like, into a place of faith. They're not going to, they don't come and say, it's, you know, it's interesting to think what they didn't pray. They didn't pray, oh God, help us. Deal with the Sanhedrin. Wipe them out. Punish them, not us. No, they didn't pray like that. They prayed to the Lord for justice. Sovereign Lord, the one for whom nothing is impossible. He created the earth. You spoke. By the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David. They're quoting Psalm 2. Why do the nations plot in vain? Why do they conspire against the Lord and against his anointed one? Now they knew that this anointed one was Jesus whom they crucified. So they could see that Psalm 2 actually referred to the current situation that they were in. All those years ago. It's amazing, all those prophecies in the Old Testament coming to fulfillment in these days and in our day too. And they will be fulfilled as well. Every word of God. And that then, and it goes on to say, if you read through Psalm 2, it talks about the one enthroned in heaven laughs. You know, they were mocking God, mocking the Son of God, and the one enthroned in heaven Laughs. I just wonder, you know, if they were praying, laughing. (laughs) Listen to the Sanhedrin. God, you created the heavens and the earth. (laughs) It's a joke. Herod and Pontius Pilate, it was going on in their day. They conspired against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They could see, looking back, that God had allowed all of this. They did by what your power had decided beforehand should happen. See, all of this was under God's control. And they could see that God was in control and God was working out his purposes. So they're acknowledging the purposes of God in that situation. They're acknowledging the power of God and they're acknowledging Scripture, the truth of God, the promises of God. Now, Lord... Consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs of wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. My goodness, what a tremendous prayer to pray. So how they prayed? They prayed boldly. You know, they needed boldness as they stepped out the side of the door of the prayer meeting. But they began with boldness before the throne of grace. That's the invitation for all of us, whoever we are in Scripture. Come boldly before the throne of grace and receive mercy and receive more grace in our time of need. That's why, you know, we sh- we, yes, we come humbly and reverent before God in prayer. But we can also become boldly, not because of anything to do with us, but because of Jesus. Because of his blood. Because of his body given to us as atoning sacrifice on the cross, that enables us to come boldly before the throne of grace. And that invitation is for everyone here, every one of us. You know, the the enemy doesn't want us to believe that or to know it, but we can. Just get right with God, ask for forgiveness, get cleansed, forgive, Come before God's throne of grace. Now, Lord. Now, Lord. You know, I, I've heard a whole sermon practically on this one word or two words. Now, Lord. Now, Lord. I mean, that. I don't pray that prayer every day, but sometimes, you know, I or you might be brought to that place of faith where we say, now, Lord. You David was sharing that um, there was a prophecy given by uh, Helen Anderson that it's Scotland's time now. Was that it? Now. It's Scotland's time now. And I really respect Helen and um, her husband, <laughs> Stephen. They're men and women of God. So if this prophecy is given, Scotland's time is now. You and I should be praying now, Lord. Prayers, if we really believe it, now, Lord, boldly and with confidence, not reverently, uh, not with irreverence, but these kind of prayers, now, Lord. You know, there's there's other times in the Bible where now, Lord. Prayers are prayed when Hezekiah in the Old Testament was faced with the Assyrians coming to wipe out the nation of uh, Israel. Or was it Judah? I can't remember. But he, it was a dire situation. They're going to be wiped out. He, he comes before God. He says, this is what the threat is. Now, Lord, come. And he came. And so they say, now, Lord, Come. And he came. So let's, let's pray more now, Lord, prayers. And, and um, you know, they didn't go into great big detail about all that was going on and how awful they felt and all the rest of it. The, the request was, stretch out your hands to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus that's what we need in these days love is the most important thing but filled with the spirit of God and the love of God we need the miracle working power of God and we've been seeing that to a degree in the fellowship I'm sure you can look back in your lives and see God's power being at work we need to see that more and more we are talking about this at the house group. Just to get an audience. You know, signs and wonders and miracles. Aren't they beyond or end all? I, I know people that have experienced a, a sign and a wonder for God and they've never become Christians. The important thing and the greatest miracle of is if somebody becomes a believer in Jesus and a follower of Jesus after having come uh, to know him. But we need these things in our day. We worship the same God, the sovereign Lord. It's the same spirit. And, you know, these people who are part of the early church, they were just like you and me, ordinary people. I mean, Peter and John, they healed that man. Why do you think it was to, you think it was to do with our own godliness that this man stands healed? No, it's the name of Jesus. And, you know, none of us should think, you know, we've got it if somebody gets healed or whatever. It's by the name of Jesus and it's for His name's sake and His glory that people might be saved and, and take notice. You know, and come to church and not write us off or try to ease us out of the picture or kick us out of the picture. With these kind of things going on, not just, you know, once a, in a blue moon, but consistently, Sunday by Sunday even, or even out the, in the week, Or after we've left the prayer meeting out, you know, in our place of work, wherever we are during the week, let's be bold before God and bold before men. This boldness before God led to more boldness before men. So after they prayed, it's after half past the (laughs) minute. After they prayed, wow, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken I wonder if any of us will pray for this meeting place to be shaken. Yeah. Yes. Not the fabric steward, whoever that is, I'm sure, but <laughs> I don't care. No, it was what happened after the building was shaken that mattered. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. They, they had their prayer meeting, but they left the prayer meeting and went out and spoke the word of God boldly and it wasn't just the apostles it was every single believer they spoke the word of God boldly and what happened more signs, more wonders amazing miracles, extraordinary miracles took place and they were still of one mind and they had another problem later on with Ananias and Sapphira but God was on the move and that's what we want you know the, the, I was reading um, about what happened in the Hebrides, the Hebridean revival it was um, it was just about the time I was born actually but, so I didn't know much about it I didn't go or anything <laughs> I was only one um, uh, 49 to 50 there you are, uh, went on to 52 I think, but um, there was an instance where in the Hebridean revival the, the building shook And, uh, you know, it's right that we're not all focused on the past, but I find reading about past revivals inspires me for God moving in the present and on in the future. And um, Duncan Campbell was the the minister, the main man there, really. Uh, And uh, he was from the faith mission. But uh, he was at pains to say he was not the man that started the Hebridean revival. You know, it was a praying people that God responded to. And, uh, you know, it began in a place called Barvis when we, many of us will have heard the story where uh, a, a young deacon in a barn after praying for months lifted his hands to God and said, Are my hands clean? Are my heart pure? And suddenly God's spirit came. He went into a trance, two other men that he was praying with, or they might have been women, fell into a trance. And that was the beginning of the outpouring in Barvas and the move of the Spirit in the Hebrides. And there was one situation in a place called Arnol. I don't know if it's a place or a, an island. I'm sure Agnes will be able to tell us. <laughs> but um, in Arnol, it was heavy going. And, you know... It wasn't that all the churches were welcoming this revival, this move of God. There was some resistance in certain denominations. In fact, Duncan Campbell says that there were some that were saying they've got to stop this plague spreading. Stop this thing spreading. We don't want it in our church. That was going on. They wanted to stop the thing spreading. But this, uh, this place, Arnall, um it was hard going. And uh, they, they, they'd had several meetings and nobody from the, the Amidya area was coming. It was all people coming from other places. Uh, hopefully not to see or hear Duncan Campbell, but to experience God's spirit. But it was, it was, the preaching was like treacle. It was hard going. They felt it was a hard place because there was all this resistance, so they decided to have a prayer meeting, not a business meeting, a prayer meeting. They conferred before God, and at this prayer meeting, I think uh, somebody who wasn't even a believer had given their house for these men to pray, and there was about thirty people in the prayer meeting, men and women, I'm sure, five Church of Scotland ministers, all seeking revival. And so the prayer meeting went on and on and on. It went on for a couple of hours, you know, and they were all praying. But again, it was really hard going. Have you ever been in prayer meetings that are really hard going? (laughs) Well, keep going if it's hard going. Because about two o'clock in the morning, I think it was, this man who was a blacksmith. You know, he wasn't an ordained minister or anything. And he had kept silent and Suddenly, Duncan Campbell asked him to pray. So this guy prayed for about half an hour. Still nothing. (laughs) Still nothing. But then he was coming to his... Probably the ministers were looking at their watches. But he was coming to the end of his prayer. And my goodness, it was a bold prayer. He was frustrated that the revival was going on in Barvis, but not in Arnold. And they had this promise, these two old ladies had this promise from God that he would pour out water on the thirsty and rivers on the dry land or something like that, it was Isaiah 44. This was the promise that they had. So this guy prays to God, Lord, you have promised to pour water on the thirsty and rivers and dry ground and you're not doing it. Lord, I don't know about anybody here, but I want revival in our You're not keeping your promise. And he said, I take it upon myself to challenge you. Anybody ever done that with God? <laughs> to fulfill your covenant engagement. And I, was, I wasn't there, I don't know exactly what, I should imagine there's probably a, A bit of a silence. (laughs) The minister's thinking, what on earth is he praying? (laughs) Have you ever thought that, David? No, or Tim. (laughs) But suddenly, suddenly, the spirit came and the building shook. It was shaken, literally. The plates rattled. And it seems that shortly after that, amazingly enough, Duncan Campbell pronounced the benediction. I thought they would want to go on, but never mind. They opened the door and outside in this community that had been resistant to this move of God, hard ground, the community was alive with God. There was people all over the place. So God was already moving before that prayer. But people were coming, wanting to to hear the gospel, wanting to, to to come to the prayer, but just looking for God. And read about the you know other things that went on, at the Lewis revival. I mean, they didn't seem to have so many signs and wonders, but. Well, the main sign and wonder was that many, many people became Christians. The whole of the community, it says, there wasn't a house in Arnold that wasn't touched by the gospel. Not a single person in each house went unsaved that night. At that moment, and at that moment when that prayer was prayed, see, some of the ministers probably thought the, the wrath of God had come. The building was shaken. But no, it was the blessing of God. As was the case here. So, you know, if it can happen in Arnall, it can happen here in Concordia and Connect Church. (laughs) I mean, you're probably looking for a new building anyway, aren't you? (laughs) There's insurance cover acts of God, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, after they prayed, these are some of the amazing things that happened after they prayed And after they prayed in the Hebridean revival, let's believe that God will do amazing things after we pray. And after we pursue the presence of God and make disciples and seek to expand the kingdom of God, let's come boldly before God in faith and in prayer and leave it up to him because he is in control and he wants people to be saved more than we do. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is after Pentecost. This was a second blessing. (laughs) The fire and all filled with the Spirit, all speaking in tongues, it happens again. Some people think, you know, I've had my baptism. I've had my experience of God. And so, and that was 20 years ago. And I don't need any more. No, we need daily filling, ongoing. But you know, every time, it seems to me every time, In the New Testament, where it talks about people being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, Paul teaches, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit every time. It's not just a case of yielding to the Spirit, although that's important. It's a case of having power encounters with God. That's what happened in the New Testament. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke in tongues and they spoke the word of God boldly. And they went out to... Do miracles in the name of Jesus to exalt him and bring him glory. That's what we desperately need in these days. So let's be inspired by what has gone on in the past. Let's be inspired today to keep on praying and seeking God for these wonderful things. Now, Lord, do we believe He might do something now? <laughs> let's, let's stand. Perhaps some of us feel really inadequate, as I often do at times. It's not a very nice place to be, but it's a good place to be, as long as we don't give up and we reach out to God. Reach out to him now. Ask him to fill you again with his Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you gave these first disciples more than they asked or imagined. They didn't imagine that the building would shake. Lord God Almighty, give us more than we ask or imagine. Lord, give us what we ask for. We want to see souls saved. We want to see your kingdom coming in our homes, in our own lives. Lord, fill us again with your Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, now, do it again as we reach out to you. Now, Lord, we reach out to you. You are the sovereign, Lord. Have your way among us. Now, Lord, for this hour. Scotland's time is now. Gakaudi's time is now. Now is the time of your salvation. Now is the day of God's favour. Lord, help us to take these words to heart. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. May the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Please be seated.
0: Well, we so appreciate you just hearing from God, Gordon, and bringing the message God's put in your heart. And... Uh, God's in the room, isn't he? He's, he's been stirring up faith all this 2020. And I think we just, God just took it up another notch. And how wonderful. Thank you so much for bringing that word. Thank you, for, church, for receiving it. Um, Elijah feels God's put something on his heart to speak out. So go ahead, son. So I forget exactly where the passage is. I think it's in Malachi or something. It says, eh, if we humble ourselves, then God will come and heal this land and I think right now I kind of want to do something about that and kind of like physically kneel and humble myself and if you can who's willing to do that with me okay yeah absolutely well let's just take a moment because you know God is in the room he's stirring if you need to go though please don't don't feel embarrassed if you need to um, but let's just take a moment. If God, It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So if, if you are able to, if you are moved, please, let's just take a moment on our knees, church. God as a church as we humble ourselves and as we're able to, as we get on our knees, we just say, Lord, we need you. This nation needs you. This church needs you. I need you. We want to say that from our hearts, God, I need you. And Lord, we can't, we can't go a step forward in your purposes on our own. We can't do it by calling a meeting. We can't do it by making our plans. We can't do it by being awesome. We can only call on a God who is awesome. And God, it's your face we want to seek. It's you. It's to be in your presence. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. To be in your presence, Lord. To be like Moses who went and encountered the Lord in the tent and came out and his face glowed and the people stood to watch him go by cuz they wanted to see a man whose face glowed with the presence of God Lord put it in our hearts to go so hard after you Lord to say I don't I don't want to leave your presence God until something about me is visibly different I don't want to I don't want to stop seeking you Lord until where there's sin in my heart God you've you've uprooted it right at the bottom Lord put it in our hearts to be a people to be a generation that seeks your face
1: Lord Jesus, come and praise Him. Come and ask Him to do stuff for you. Boldly, boldly come. Yes, boldly come out of your hiding place. Yes, come now,
0: come now. Yes. Um, I just wanted to confirm that whole thing because I've actually been praying the verse that Elijah shared this week. Um, And I read the passage of Acts 4 last night Um, and God really convicted me about the times when I have not spoken up when there was a chance to pray for people. I feel like God may be saying that this week specifically, there are going to be chances for people throughout your week to share the good news with people. And there will be opposition to you doing that, whether it is from the people or whether it is internally. And I just want to bless you guys to say, go therefore and preach the gospel to everyone and accept the anointing of Jesus and be filled with his spirit to speak out the words that God gives you this week in Jesus name. Amen. That's that's great. That is great. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Hmm. I know for the kids' sake, we're gonna have to wrap up shortly. I just want to echo Acacia's exhortation. You know, I, I share the gospel, probably not as much as I should, but I, you know, I try to share it often because you know, you know what I found: more people turn to Jesus when I share the gospel with them than if I don't share the gospel with them. And more people, you know, I find more people coming to Jesus. And just last Sunday night I was at another church just preaching afterwards, just speaking to a guy, sharing the gospel with him. And you know what? He decided to pray and invite Jesus into his life on the street just after leaving church. And you just never know when it's gonna be that person who they were just waiting. And so just take that exhortation Let's go forward on our knees, and if you're able to, uh, come on Wednesday night. It's going to be exciting, I think, prayer meeting. If you want to come for some training, again, come tomorrow night. As we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.